to another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. And you heard it right. It's Vegas week, baby! Viva Las Vegas! Shamrock Series in Vegas, BYU, Storming Mormons. They may or may not be there. Because everything to do in Vegas is fun. And that is against their religion. I think. I know all like the really cool stuff in Vegas is against their religion. But it's one game we've been waiting for just because of so many reasons. And I had a real dilemma when I was sitting down to think about how to do this. Do I just want to do hangover references throughout the thing and make the game kind of be a secondary thing? Like that was a real thought because that's an awesome movie. The fact that we use that to promote the game and the uniforms, it's awesome. But you guys came to listen to me talk about Notre Dame and BYU. And we're going to do that today. Cheers. Hey, if we're doing The Hangover, and that may or may not come up often, we'll see. If we're going to do The Hangover, i got to do it right. So, you know. Um, But before we get into Notre Dame, BYU, and Vegas, baby, we got to get through some other stuff. And first, I hope you guys enjoyed the bye week. Uh, I don't know what you did on Saturday. I was three and a half hours north watching my son's 7U baseball team kick some ass and then not kick some ass. Uh, They played really great on Saturday. Came out firing on Sunday and one game away from the championship. The group of six and seven year olds decided baseball, we've had enough. We're good. We're good to go. They just, that's what happens though when you're six and seven years old. They just played like they hadn't played in a long time. Very scatterbrained, not hitting the ball hard, a little lack of hustle. But hey, it's a learning experience. Those boys had fun. We had a blast. A lot of bonding. A great time. But while I was doing that, there was college football being played. And we shall discuss. In fact, the kickoff the college football weekend, BYU played Utah State. And that was interesting. Um... Utah State gave them a run. Utah State's 1-4. One, one Utah State actually ran for over 200 yards against BYU. Hint, hint. Utah State ran 
for 200 yards against BYU. Notre Dame is not Utah State. I'll, I'll say that much. But that happened. Utah, BYU ended up beating Utah State, but it was way close for way long in a game that probably people didn't expect it to be like that. Um, Michigan played another team with a pulse and struggle bust their way to a 27-14 to win. And I say that because, yes, they were winning 20 to nothing. All right, I get that. But it's Iowa. And their defense might be good. But they don't have an offense. They just don't. So, the fact that Michigan couldn't win big against a team that can't move the football should be a concern, but that's okay because we don't give a shit about Michigan. We hope they lose every game. But, my favorite moment of the weekend, and we're just going to come right out of the box with this. So, I have to imagine, big. this, this is big game boomer. This is, he's sitting in the stands. Oh, no, he wasn't in the stands for this game. He was in the stands for Kansas State. But <laughs> TCU stuck it up Oklahoma's ass. They boomer soonered them all the way around. They were 27-10 after the first quarter. And it was just route on, game on, big game boomer. Suck it. This had to, this had to be him singing at home. I have to imagine he's watching the game thinking, what the fuck is going on? Who are those guys? What are we doing? What you're doing, in case you're wondering, was uh, you were giving up 361 yards rushing. Yes. That 8, 361, repping the 361. That's the Corpus Area Code. TCU, Texas, repping the 361 in rushing. Another 307 passing. For a grand total of 668 yards of offense. Good thing Brett Venables came over and stepped up that D, huh? That was cool. Hey, TC only averaged 8.8 yards a carry. They almost averaged as many (laughs) yards per rush as they did yards per pass. That's impressive. They averaged 9 yards per pass and 8.8 per rush. That's impressive. And you're probably thinking, like, wow, Oklahoma must have turned the ball over a bunch, right? Like, what the hell? No, no, not at all. They won turnover. They're just not good. And karma's a bitch. But, hey, they look they look like uh, – I'll, I'll poke fun at our own team. I'm not, a, not above that. They look like Notre Dame when we played Marshall. Remember when Notre Dame was super balanced? It had, like, 150, 150 rushing and passing. Oklahoma, 176 passing, 179 rushing. Very balanced. Cool. You lost by 31. I'm. It's It's one of those things where I'm sure there's people out there that love to watch Notre Dame lose because of me or somebody else in our fan base or whatever. That's part of the game. But, man, when you made your living on making ridiculous, stupid lists, uh, for example... He put Notre Dame on upset alert, and I guess by definition we are the favorite by three and a half points. But all offseason, Notre Dame's overrated. They suck through this, through that. But now they're on upset alert. I'll get there. That is kind of confusing. Uh, Kansas State still winning. They beat Oklahoma, and they're still plugging along. 
Alabama won. I guess it was close for a minute. Kind of, sort of. Eh. Oklahoma State. Still trucking along. We gave them motivation after beating us in the Fiesta Bowl, I, I guess. A&M, not back. Thank you. You tried. You tried, A&M. Good for you. But $30 million? What happened? It's a lot of money to spend on losses. Just saying. And we thought, we thought we might get the story of the year with Missouri beating Georgia. But it was not to be, unfortunately. Georgia came out and won the game. Late. Late, late score. But that's what, hey, that's what the number one team does. They shouldn't struggle, but they find ways to win. So, you have to imagine the thought process there was, it's Missouri. we got bigger games coming up. You know, they got Auburn next, which, who the hell knows, Auburn should have beat LSU. But they didn't. Ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Uh, they let the... Bayou Bryan get the W. But then they got Vanderbilt. This is Georgia. They got Vanderbilt. Then they got Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky. You never know. You never know. But they have, I have to imagine it was like, hey, it's Missouri. Who cares? And then Missouri cared. And they made it interesting. Uh, Clemson looked pretty solid. You know, it was a close game, but it is NC State. NC State's supposed to be good. Um, but again, Clemson found a way to win. So November November fifth, I believe, right? November fifth. That's gonna be interesting. You know, that that's that's gonna be a big game. And we need we're gonna need that one. Um Georgia Tech after finding their coach gets a win against the fighting Pat and Arduzies. Good for Georgia Tech, I guess. I don't know. USC wins. Oregon wins. You know. But there were, there were some fun things. Oklahoma being the f- most fun. Because fuck them. <laughs> but there there were some interesting games over the weekend. And we got to, well, some of you got to enjoy it. I got to see highlights and check on the ESPN app and whatnot to see what was happening. But now we get football. So oh I forgot to mention Kansas won again in a weird score, 14 to 11, but Kansas, shout out to them, they're figuring stuff out. They should be ranked at this point. But rankings now are who cares? It's whatever. They're they don't mean anything. It's a, it's a moot point. And if you're a Friends fan, it's a moot point. It's like a cow's opinion. doesn't matter. But let's talk about our game in Vegas. Watch it for the changes and try to keep up. All right, I referenced it already. Notre Dame is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Why? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> like... It, you could argue, there's a lot of ways lines get made up, right? Maybe they're trying to 
entice people to bet on BYU to get my... I, I don't know. Like, the BYU's the number 16 team ranked in the country. And I know rankings don't mean anything, but if they're there, I'm going to use them. They're ranked number 16. We're not ranked. We're not even in the others receiving votes. And here we are favored. Which tells me that Vegas seems to think we're the better team. So, that puts us on upset alert. Which, if it's me, I'm like... I, I would contend BYU's the better team. But I did some looking into it, and statistically they look like the better team. But they haven't played anybody. They beat South Florida. <whistles> Yay for South Florida. South Florida is now, how many games have they lost? One and they are now 1-4. and four. Good for them. So they beat South Florida. Then they go to overtime against Baylor and squeak out the win. Baylor is actually good. Then they play Oregon, who is good. Lose 41-20. Then they play Wyoming. Who I guess Wyoming is supposed to be pretty solid. Um, they're 3-3. Three and three. People are saying, oh, they might win the Mountain West. They're 3-3. Three and three. It's Wyoming. And Wyoming put up 24. Then, like I said last week, they played Utah State, who is now 1-4. and four. And Utah State ran for 200 yards. Wyoming ran for quite a bit, I believe, too. Uh, 124, eh, not as much. But they, the teams they played that were good, they either went into overtime or lost by 21. The bad teams are beating them. But they're not exactly running them out of the building. So, what are they really? They're a three and a half point underdog. You know their name is what they are. And it is Vegas. Spoiler, I'm going to bet this game. Because why not? How often is Notre Dame playing Vegas? Let's make it count. Right? Only so many Saturdays. Make them count. And go get your t-shirts. Saturdayscount.com you can get any color you want. Preferably Notre Dame's blue and gold. But again, if you have family, you want to get them a shirt without actually getting the logo so you can feel better about it. It's an awesome slogan. It's an awesome catchphrase. I, my buddy Nelson Wilhite, Clemson fan, he's got one in orange and purple. Only so many Saturdays. Make them count. Go check out their website. But there are only so many Saturdays. Notre Dame is the favorite. I'm going to bet it. Why not? It's Vegas. Vegas, baby! But will we win? Let's see. BYU has an offense. Statistically speaking, they definitely have an offense. They're averaging over 34 points a game. They got a quarterback that's already thrown for... 1,438 yards, 12 touchdowns to only one interception. So, you're looking at his stats, and apparently he's thrown 100, was 171 passes this season. So, he's averaging one pick for every 171 passes at this point. He's throwing for 288 a game, and 
a little under three touchdowns a game. Like, that's, we would take that in a heartbeat. Who are we kidding? We would take that in a second. You know, our, our quarterback play isn't quite what we want it to be. Now, it showed promise last week, and we have to build upon that. You just have to. Like, he's got to be able to throw. We got to be able to run. And I think we can run. We'll get to the defense. You know, I wholeheartedly believe we can get some, you know, estimate run up the middle and, you know, bring in Rob Riggle in the face! In the face! Oh, right in the face! You know, just give estimate a little bit of a charge. Like 250 volts. And right in the face. So we can do those things. But we don't have the quarterback that I believe BYU does. So, But we still need him to show up. And then you look at their roster and where the quarterback distributes the ball very, very well. Where you look at Notre Dame and it's... The same dudes. Like, nobody, there's no, you got a receiver, a tight end, running back, and, you know, that's it. We don't we don't have more than two guys with more than ten catches on the season. BYU's got four guys with 15-plus receptions. They've got five guys over 100, and they're, Four leading receivers have at least 192 yards receiving. So they're, I mean, eight yards, I know is something, but they basically have four guys with 15 plus 200 yards on the, 15 plus catches, 200 yards on the season. Like that's, that's what they've got. Notre Dame, we have, oh, I'm sorry, we do have three guys with at least 10 catches, and we have two guys over 100 yards. And they're both over 200. Mayor and Styles, but the next closest is 88 yards. Like the distribution just isn't there. But then even uh, in the running back situation, BYU, they've got three guys that have carried the ball at least 24 times, all over 100 yards on the season. Their leading rusher is 294. You'd think Notre Dame with their three-headed monster would look similar and it kind of does you know our three leading rushers have at least 21 carries but the yardage in the same of what BYU is but again maybe it's like a level of competition sort of because I wouldn't look at Marshall and Cal and think they're much different than playing USF Wyoming or Utah State now, Baylor and Oregon are decent teams, yet BYU still has these numbers. So, and we we played a god-awful B, uh, North Carolina team. So, but one thing I noticed going through, and, and I, I have to mention the, the top four receivers that I mentioned for BYU, you're like, well, they must account for all their offense in the passing game. No, only 55% of it, because they still got dudes all over the depth chart, catching passes. 
They've got tight ends, running backs, more receivers, more running backs. But after their top four, they have at least 15. Nine catches, nine catches, seven catches, seven catches, five catches. That's pretty good. You got 15, 21, 15, 9, 16. <laughs> and then you got Notre Dame, 22, 16, 12, 7, 3, 3, 3, 3. It's just somebody's got to step up. Like, this has to be. And maybe a young guy, Tobias Merriweather. Maybe give him a chance, right? Because what I was going to say is that the top three receivers for BYU is kind of misleading. But when I saw it, if you look, it says top receivers are sophomore. The next two guys are freshmen. And I was like, really? They got that many young guys? And I thought, well, maybe it's BYU. Maybe they're already in their 20s. But no, they're they're young, but not as young as they want to appear because one of the freshmen is in his third year. He got a red shirt. Then he got, or sorry, he got the COVID first. Then he got the red shirt. Now he's playing. He's in his third year with the program. So let's not act like it's Tobias Merriweather. But it says on the depth chart, freshman. Technically speaking, but reality, he's been with the team for three years. COVID year doesn't count at all, even though it does, and he played, but it doesn't count in eligibility. Then he gets a medical redshirt. Now he's a freshman. Interesting. The other freshman is a legitimate redshirt freshman. He's in his second year. Still not Tobias Merriweather. Then the sophomore is in his fourth year because he got a Redshirt, COVID, then it was his freshman year. Now they're saying he's a sophomore. He's in his fourth year. Again, I, that's what we need to do. We want to make make it feel like we've got young dudes. Start calling them what they really are and not what they're academically. Call them what they are athletically. We refer to their academic eligibility nine times out of ten when you're talking about Notre Dame because we value academics. I think BYU does too, but oddly enough, they got two freshmen and a sophomore, but not really. It's more like they've got a junior, a sophomore, and a senior. Not here to judge. You do your depth chart the way you want to do it, and put your players the way you want to do it. But they, the point being, they they've got playmakers, and I was referencing Tobias Merriweather because I, you got to do something different, and I'm hoping the bye week. We did some of those different things. We we had to have right. Like, that had to be one of the the objectives is give some opportunities to some young guys. And you're going to see some young guys by default. Eli Raritan, Holden Stays, you're probably going to see them because Bauman's done for the year. And uh, it's Raritan's the number two tight end now. And we just don't... The receiver production is just flat-out non-existent. And you can't tell me it exists. You just because the leading receiver at the receiver position is Styles with sixteen. Then you got Lindsey with seven, cool. And after that, the next two guys have a combined six catches as a receiver. And that's it. That's the whole that's all of them. No other receivers are doing anything. Somebody somebody's gotta do something. Or 
we just keep rolling two tight ends, two running backs, and a receiver. Like, that's our formation. We, if you don't have two receivers, don't put them out there. And when your next best receiver is a running back, I guess put him out there, which is fine. If that's what you got to do to win, that's what we needed to use the bye week for is figure out what we need to do to win. If that means Diggs and Tyree play more receiver-like slot positions, then roll with it. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, because I, I don't I don't want to be sitting there watching the game going, what the fuck is going on? Who are those guys? I don't want to be doing that. Okay? I want to be cheersing to the best night of our lives. Who let the dogs out? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. That's what I want to do. All right? So that's what we're going to do. But they do have a pretty solid defense. Led by their linebackers. Thule and Bywater. Both have two picks. The only, only interception on the season came from their linebackers. We got to look out for them. Thule can play. So when we're on the field, we're looking at a defense that is giving up 26 points a game, which is not great. But their rush defense gives up 163 a game. Not great. For perspective, UNC was giving up 227. So UNC ranks 123rd in the country. BYU ranks 80th. Not that great. Notre Dame, in case you're wondering, our rush defense is 142 yards per game. 61st. So we're like right in the middle of the pack. BYU gives up a little bit more than that. Their pass defense is really strong. I don't know if that's because of the teams they played or if their pass defense is really good, but that could work because I think our strength is going to be running the ball with a little bit of pass. We have to be able to do that, but we, we don't need to rely on the pass. We need to re- look at the run. You know, and here's something scary Marshall's pass defense ranked 112th in the country. They give up 280 yards a game, and we couldn't do squat. And our pass defense ranks 43rd at 213 a game. I don't throw in a bunch of numbers, but what I'm getting at is they're susceptible to the run. They seem really strong on the pass. So we, we got to figure it out because our, our offense is not great right now. We're helped by North Carolina, but we're still only averaging 369 yards a game, which ranks 83rd in the country. You know, their offense... 446 yards a game. <clears throat> that ranks 28th in the country. For perspective, North Carolina's offense is uh, 482 yards per game. And I think, I, I didn't write it down, I think they were like top 10, honestly. We shut them down. So we have the defense to keep that in check. You know, but our offense, we're ranking in the 80s in all the wrong categories. So we got to figure this out. And we can get to BYU's defense that gives up a lot of rushing yards because total yards, they don't give very much. They, they're they 31st in the country in total yards allowed per game. Notre Dame is 38th. So think of what Notre Dame has been doing 
in terms of yards per game, that's where BYU's at. And same with points per game. They've given up 26. We've given up 24 points per game. So total defense, very similar. How we get there, a little bit different. Notre Dame doesn't give up as many yards rushing, but they give a little more passing. And BYU appears to be very dynamic when it comes to passing the football. So we got to get Isaiah Foskey. Give give Foskey a little bit in the face to Jaron Hall. When Brooks comes through trying to run the ball, just right in the face. And we got to get our DBs. Shout out to ben, Benjamin Morrison, finally listed as the starter, even though he started the last two games. We need to get those guys in the face of the receivers. Jam them. You know, uh, the BYU, they're the Cougars, man. But you know what they're not? They're not a fucking tiger. And I think we got some tigers. We got some... Holy shit, there's a tiger out there. We got a jungle cat. I think Michael Mayer could be a jungle cat. I think Styles can be a jungle cat. Defensively, Foskey can be a jungle cat. So literally the game, just going, fuck. See the tigers out there? Yeah, I'm going to try... Some of them aren't good. Let's be honest, guy. I'm, but I'm going to get my hangover references in. I swear to God, I am. <laughs> Stay with me. But there's some things that we have to do. And running the ball, estimate Diggs Tyree, mostly estimate in the face. That We need to establish that. That way, we can send Styles fucking deep. And his his little jungle cat skills gets behind the BYU defense because they're expecting the run because we're pounding it in their face. And then, boom, we hit Styles deep with a fucking bomb. And then we'll say some shit to BYU, and they'll be sitting there going, I find your language offensive. And Drew Pine's going to tell you, how dare you, she's a nice lady. Because Tommy Reese is going to call a good game. I feel it. We saw it. We, the Marshall game was supposed to be the confidence builder, okay? It obviously was not. It was the confidence deflator, season crusher, just all the not good things, okay? Hey, there are Skittles in there. It was all that. You know, we took a bet, we took the satchel, slammed it on the ground, and smashed it all to bits. That was the Marshall game. But the North Carolina game gave us new life. Because that was a confidence-building game. Now, on both sides of the ball, really. But I I said it multiple times already this season. I'm not so concerned about the defense. I think the defense has been coming to play. It's our offense that seems to be a step behind all that jazz. So, the offense needs to bring it. And step up. And North Carolina was a stepping stoned to getting there because like I said last week even though it was an easy defense and they weren't doing anything crazy you still have to hit the shots the ball gets lobbed to you you still have to put the bat on the ball and send it over the fence it's not free it's not automatic so we even though 
We did it last week. You still have to do it again. And this defense is a little bit more difficult, but the fact that we did do it should give you the confidence that we can do it. And if any of you played sports, you know, I've said it before, you play against lesser competition, yeah, it's easy. But do you think Notre Dame's sitting there going, man, we did good, but that was North Carolina. Who cares? No, bullshit. Like, that was awesome. Look, we can do this. That was a Power 5 team. Let's do it. Let's go out and do it again. Let's go out and do it against BYU, the number 16 team in the country. All right? It's possible. Okay? And we don't we don't need to roofie our own the, the opposing team. We don't need to bring out roofies from these, you know, the guy in the corners. Seem like a straight shooter. We're going to come out, we're going to establish the run, get Pine to hit Styles deep, get Mayer doing his his thing. I We're going to include the running backs in the pass game because you have to. There's nobody else doing it. So, I think we win just because of the confidence we gained from North Carolina and beating a team ranked like BYU that despite us being a three and a half point underdog correction BYU being a three and a half point underdog us being the favorite even though we're the favorite they're still ranked 16 they're still a ranked team people seem to think highly of them beating them is that's the next step to this season which I'm still gonna be glass half full guy and optimistic as much as possible and let's be honest Notre Dame gave us a reason to be optimistic and positive after North Carolina can we still make the college football playoff no like let's be honest no uh we need remarkable amounts of chaos for that to happen so no but there's still things to gain out of this season and winning every game on your schedule is going to be huge for, for next season, for Marcus Freeman, for the players on the roster, for recruiting. Don't even get me started with recruiting. Just, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're all friends here, okay? Go listen to Always Irish, John's last episode about recruiting. Hit the nail on the head. What do commitments even mean anymore? Honestly, it's weird. It's like kids are committing early. Yeah, to gain attention from other schools, I, it's weird. They commit, but it doesn't mean anything. It re- literally doesn't mean anything. They commit, they're still being recruited just as hard as they were, if not harder. And then, you know, you get reports, oh, it's 50-50. Isn't he committed to Notre Dame? Yep, it's 50-50. How? So, whatever, let's go out and win. Keep those recruits on board. Because you know that's got to be a factor, right? Like, it's got to be. But despite Notre Dame being the favorite, I still think we're the ones that have something to prove. But, of course, if we beat number 16, be like, well, you were the favorite. You were supposed to win. Oh, go fuck yourself. Like, seriously. Like, two weeks, Notre Dame sucks. We're terrible. We're this, we're that. We beat the number 16 team in the country. Oh, well, BYU wasn't that good, and you were the favorite anyway. So, like... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's the life of a Notre Dame fan. 
deal with it, roll with it. We've been doing it for how many years? I'm 38. It's that's just that's just part of the deal. You have to accept that. You know. I I hate that part of it because like you, we just got to win a national championship. Not this year, obviously, but win that and change the whole game, right? I'm confident Notre Dame wins. I think it's going to be closer than I'm making it sound. You know, I'm making it sound like Notre Dame's going to win big. I, I think we're going to win 31-21. I think we cover. It's important because I am going to bet the game. But I think we cover. Win by like 10. It'll be an exciting game. It'll be a good Saturday night. Um, you know, we got our icy whites with the gold trim versus the blackout with the blue trim. That's going to be fun. And real quick, BYU's uniform. Their helmets are clean. I'm not going to lie. That like blue to fade to black. It's that's sharp. But the all black uniform, it doesn't. <clears throat> there's none of extras. Yeah, all they did was make it black instead of blue. I thought maybe change the font. I don't know. Add something a little more. I I just wasn't that impressed. And in some cases, the all-black uniforms look pretty sharp. And in some cases, it's like, okay, you just, that's your uniform in black now. Okay. So the, the, the uniform, like the jersey and pants, didn't really like, whoa, that's fire. The helmet was fire. But I think Notre Dame's, because of the gold accents that aren't typical, our uniforms are fire. And in fact, it looks like Doug... At Dougie Sant, I'm just going to have to wear the screen-printed Icy White Shamrock Series jersey because it doesn't look like they're releasing a stitched one. And the game has arrived, and I got the replica, the screen-printed one, not the, I say replica, but they're all replicas. But a more authentic-looking version with the stitched numbers and patches. It's whatever. Just roll with it. I'm going to wear it. I'm not going to... I had it for this game. I was hoping in the weeks leading up they would release the Stitch version. So we'll be rolling with the Icy Whites. So you know what that means. No chips and salsa for me on Saturday. <laughs> something something safe that won't get my nice Icy White jersey dirty. Can't be having that. Speaking of Icy Whites in Vegas, and which is the whole thing has been about, I know some of you are going out to Vegas. And that's awesome. At JL Gallagher 3. JL Gallagher 3. Jimmy's going to be out there. My boy. So whoever's out there. Uh, I'm talking to Jimmy because I, I talk to him on a regular enough basis. you got to find my dad. Alright. I, I might just say. <laughs> I might have to do like an old school milk cart. Have you seen this man? On Twitter, and then go find him. Make it a damn scavenger hunt. I'm gonna see if I could possibly direct him to a tailgate. I know Dos Leprechauns is having one. Uh, I'll see what I can do. But I know he's got plans. He, I know I've mentioned more than once. He's an alumni. Like Friday night, he's going to some special monogram uh, function. 
I don't know the details of that. Uh, and I don't know what his plan is for Saturday. But because we don't get up to South Bend often. I'm sure he's going to find events that are treated like it's a home game versus just going to a tailgate. He's going to find uh, events. But I'll see what's up. So far they've... Uh, uh, th- this will be the where I'm catching up on the boots on the ground in Vegas. My dad has yet to run into anyone going to the game, although he's gotten several go Irishes because he, all he packed was Notre Dame stuff, as you do. That's standard. But he got a bunch of go Irishes, but they went and saw the Beatles-themed Cirque du Soleil. They said it was awesome. He did some gambling. Uh, not much. He's not a big gambler. In fact, he's so much of not a gambler that he was offended that the minimum at the blackjack table is $15, so he decided not to play. I love my dad. He's interesting. But he will be wearing the Fighting Irish 8U baseball jersey that I've sent to a lot of people. And, in fact, another order came in. I got to go get it. Uh, there's one more jersey came in. Yeah, let's see if I can get it to that guy. But... He will be wearing it, number seven, with Palkovic's on the back. If you see him, just run up. Say, hey, we're taking a picture together. Don't ask questions and say, hey, can I take a picture? Hey, I'm just, hey, we're taking a picture together. Boom. And then you can talk to him. But you got to hit him with the picture first. That should be fun. And it'll be easy to spot because he'll be wearing the green jersey. And I'll be with my mom, who is four foot ten and has a walker. So. Like, I'm giving you plenty of details to find my mom and dad. It shouldn't be hard. But they're going to be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time for all the people in Vegas. I look forward to actually, I get to watch this game. Watch it live. There's no recording. I don't have, there's no baseball tournaments this weekend. I, 6.30 Saturday night, I'll be rocking and rolling. I know some of you going out to the game. We'll, we'll miss the partaking of the shots. Or maybe you won't. Maybe I'll post it early enough that you guys can do it from the tailgate. Ask and answer live right there. You just That was my brain working live, guys. I'm going to do the car bomb like an hour and a half before the game. And then post it. That way we can flood the timeline with boots on the ground shots. From Vegas. I really wish I was going. That would be so awesome. So many people going to that game uh, that we talk to on a regular basis on Twitter, guys. It's tremendous. I'm excited. You know, it's a Saturday. We got to make them count. So please go visit SaturdaysCount.com. Only so many Saturdays. Make them count. No needs to make this one count. Now, I'm working on something with those uh, Saturday's Count guys and uh, more information when it's all put together. But I, it may not be just a straight-up giveaway. I, I do want to do another one of those. We'll, we'll get there. And, you know, this would have been a good week to do it. Gambling. The way I did it last time was a gamble. You score predictions, see, where, see what happens. But I'm working with stuff with those guys. But go check out their website. Like I said, whether you're a Clemson fan, Notre Dame fan, BYU fan, you can get 
pretty much any team's color. I, I don't. I think they've got every. It's a it's a color. It, there's no logos. So, whoever maybe you got a dad, a grandpa, uncle, brother, cousin, that went to Rutgers. Because I've got a grandpa and an uncle that went to Rutgers. Hey, I'm gonna get them an only Saturday, only so many Saturday shirt. Boom, get in. I don't know what they do, Rutgers, black and red or white and red. But either way, just go check them out. It's a cool gift. I promise you, it's a it's a fun thing because you can all wear your stuff and you don't have to look at some ugly logo that you hate. The only thing I, you cannot buy, I will not allow my listeners to buy USC or Michigan. Anything else? Go nuts. Can't can't be having USC Michigan propaganda and promoting on my show. That's that's a no no. So as we go into Vegas. We're going to all gather around and what was a wolf pack of one has now become a wolf pack of many. And we're going to beat the shit out of BYU by 10. <laughs> but, dude, I'm excited for it. Let's go. We're going to be walking out of Vegas. This, is, Hey, if you're in Vegas and you're not my size. Because 5'6", 155 gets you beat up pretty quick when you start running your mouth. But if you're a big guy, you just need to walk past every BYU fan after we smoke their ass. What? <laughs> just the toodaloo, motherfucker. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Go Irish. Beat Cougars. Five for nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.